0: Good morning, everybody. My name is Julie McGovern, and this is the Mendocino College Radio Hour. Today, our topic is affordability of community college and options available at Mendocino College, and my guests today to talk about the affordability of Mendocino College are Juliana Sandoval, Director of Financial Aid and EOPS, and Mark Edward Osea, Articulation Officer and Transfer Counselor So, welcome to both of you, Juliana and Mark.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Thank you.
0: Thank you you for being here. I'm really excited about today's show because I think this is one of the really important messages to get out to our community about the affordability of community college. But before we kind of dive in, I want to hear a little bit about you and what led you to Mendocino College, how long you've been there, um, that kind of thing. A little
2: bit about you. Okay, so yes, like you mentioned, my name is Juliana Sandoval. I am the director of financial aid and EOPS. Um, I've been in higher education for 14 years now. Um, in within financial aid most of those 14 years. Um, I've been with Mendocino College now for four years, and it's gone by really, really quickly. Um, I really like Mendocino College. Um, I really like that it's a small college, so being part of a small college, I really like the views, Mm -hmm. the view just driving up um, Hensley Creek Road doesn't get old no. <laughs> so I really really like that. And are you from Ukiah? No I'm actually from Southern California. Okay. Yeah so prior to Mendocino College I was at Antelope Valley College for
1: a little bit over 10 years. Okay,
2: and you were in financial aid? Yes, in financial aid. Okay, and how
0: about you, Mark? Let's hear a little bit about you.
1: Well, let's see. So, I've been in higher education for about uh, a little over 10 years, um, but just like Juliana, I actually am a so called transplant. So, I was previously at Bakersfield College. Um, there, I was the articulation officer, transfer center director, their curriculum chair, and then I moved up to Mendocino College. And what's interesting is I've always had the connection and I always felt the love for Mendocino because I start before even before the pandemic I would visit Mendocino and I fell in love with the community right besides Murder, She Wrote of course (laughs) in the town of Mendocino but I've always felt like this you know the opportunity to the Redwoods the people the community and so Despite uh, the pandemic, um, I had the opportunity to actually move during remote times uh, and so I actually moved to Mendocino and I fell in love with the community. The people mm-hmm. were great and. Because I felt so connected to the community, I wanted to learn more about the college itself. And so I actually um, did a little bit of research on Mendocino College, and I started attending their board meetings. And what I noticed about Mendocino College as as a campus, as a community, is that it's very supportive of their students. You have a great administration. You have great... Uh, faculty and staff who really want to support their students to make sure that they can accomplish what they want to accomplish. And so when I felt that, when I saw that, when the trustees so Echoed the support for students. I knew I wanted to be a part of the con- campus community, and so lo and behold, the opportunity came up. And for a transfer counselor and articulation officer, what I was doing in Bakersfield, and I figured, hey, let's let's make the move, let's take the leap, and I did. And I've been excited and happy to be an Eagle ever since. So, okay. and that's been about a year that you've been. It's here? been a year since October, uh, 2021. Okay,
0: and so for anyone listening who doesn't. Know know what a transfer counselor and articulation officer is. Can you just briefly
1: explain your job? Yeah. So as so, my job is twofold. So as a transfer counselor, one of the primary missions of the community college is for students who want to earn a bachelor's degree, they can start it at the community college um, where they can complete at least the first two years of their university degree with Mendocino College or any community college. And so as the transfer counselor, one of my goals and one of my roles is to assist students to demystify the process, to, st- to find ways to streamline that path uh, for students to be able to earn that four-year bachelor's degree starting, of course, at Mendocino College or the community college that uh, they want to attend. And then from that, like, provides services such as application workshops, fairs, um, university representative visits. um, And so that's one part of it. So that's the transfer center uh, coordinator role or transfer counselor role. And then as the articulation officer. Which I think really does tie well uh, with the role of the transfer counselor is I work with our faculty develop courses um, to that are that would meet the transfer requirements or that would be. Uh, accepted by a four-year university partners or quote-unquote articulated Mm -hmm. so then that way that would maximize the student's opportunity or our students opportunity to be able to again complete that four-year university education with at least two years here at mendocino and the most affordable way possible. Um, I work with the faculty to make sure that the courses meet the regulations that are expected for courses to the University of California or to the CSU or for general education. We just make sure that the courses are developed and in alignment with those criteria. Um, And so I guess the natural fit. Mm -hmm the transfer counselor, with the articulation part, with the curriculum development part. So So, it's making sure kind of that students
0: are taking the classes that they should be taking and that those classes are then what they need if they
1: do decide to transfer. So they have that plan. Exactly. So it's a nice combination of both.
0: Good. So um, since we have the director of financial aid, and I know that, you know, sometimes when people think about going to college, they worry that they couldn't afford it or they'd have to take on debt. So, Yuliana, what would you say to someone, uh, either a student or a parent listening, who knows that college could
2: be a goal but is a little overwhelmed with the idea of how much it could cost? I would tell them not to disqualify themselves. Um, A lot of people do think that, oh, I'm not going to qualify, so I'm not even going to apply. So the first step is to apply. You don't know what you may qualify for unless you apply. Um, So that would be our very first step. Um, It would be determining which application to complete to apply for financial aid. Um, We do have two different applications. Um, We do have the free application for federal student aid for students that are U.S. citizens, eligible non-citizens, um permanent residents, And then for students that are not, we have the Dream Act application in California to apply for state aid. So that would be the very first step is to do that application. Many students do qualify for financial aid, but they think they might not. Mm -hmm. So they, like I mentioned, disqualify themselves by not even applying. And is it it a difficult process to fill out those forms? It can be intimidating um, because there are a lot of questions, right? And there's a lot of Um, income related questions that a lot of times students are like, I have no idea what they're asking. I'm going to need my parents information. and So it can be an intimidating process. But that's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. Um, So here at Mendocino College, we offer assistance to students that are even in high school. So we've started um, October 1st is the new cycle for the new application. So currently we're going through the 2023 2024 application cycle for students that are in high school about to graduate. So we're in the process of assisting students complete that process so their first step would be to connect
0: with someone in your department and say like if they just had no idea what to do you guys kind of walk them through the process
2: yeah we're actually um we've been visiting a lot of our local high schools Mm -hmm. in mendocino and lake county um to assist students with the process of applying so we do have cash for college nights um so we've been going in the evenings um to help students and families and Go through the process. And is
0: that on, um, the college website? If they wanted to, if a student or a parent wanted to find out when there would be one happening at their local high school, is there a
2: schedule somewhere? It's actually the high school is promoting it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So their high school counselors have all the information. And if for whatever reason we haven't made it to their high school yet, because we still have a few that we haven't gone to, we started October 1st when the new application became available. Um, we will be continuing and we continue to go until, um, the priority deadline for applying for financial aid is March 2nd. Okay. So we want students to apply before March 2nd, so we'll do another visit. Um, Many high schools we go to multiple times, Mm -hmm. so we are available um, for assistance at the high school, or at our college, or any of our center locations. Okay.
0: Um, and you were mentioning a lot about high schools, which I obviously is, is a natural assumption when you're thinking about college, but we have a lot of students who are not they're not traditional. They may have taken a pause to work or raise a family, and so now they're finding their way back to reentry, and in some ways that might be even more intimidating because they're like, oh, where do I – I've been out of school for a while, where do I even begin? So, I mean, obviously they could begin with, with your office, um, but are there the same kind of aid r- resources available for re-entry and part-time students as there would be for like a full-time student coming right out of high school?
2: Yes. So the application process is the same for both groups of students. Um, There really isn't a difference. Um, For students they don't actually have to even be full-time. Right, we encourage full-time enrollment, especially if students are planning to transfer. They want to finish, you know, in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. But students can take their time, be enrolled even in less than six units, which is half-time, and a lot of times still qualify for financial aid or be enrolled half-time. For students that are um, parents, we a lot of our state grants, so our Cal Grant, which is a state grant, um, actually gives an increased amount up to six thousand dollars for students that have dependents. Oh. So working parents that are returning to school um, so that's an increased amount for them and it's available for students compared to students that don't have children um, normally it's about $1,620 for the year um, that gets increased to 6000 Okay. because of course we understand that um, students with families right right um, have additional needs and mm-hmm. child care Childcare expense, yeah, expenses. yeah different expenses of course
0: <laughs> so that's a good to know because that was my going to be my next question was sort of like i think prior to working at the college i thought of financial aid as tuition but at the community college level like the tuition like you just mentioned is is affordable I and mean, yes 1600 dollars, you know, about for, that for, would be for two semesters right full time. Um, but then you have all of those kind of wraparound services that are often what present barriers, you know, like you mentioned childcare. Um, if they have to work, gas, food, rent, you know, everything is expensive.
2: Yeah, part of our process is determining the cost of attendance. So every college and university has the cost of attendance. So an estimation of how much is going to cost to attend there for the year. Right, so we take into consideration tuition, fees, books, supplies, transportation, housing, right, the whole list, um, and we estimate how much it's going to cost. So, any financial aid that a student receives is to assist with those costs. So, yes, it's more affordable to attend a community college, but being realistic, there's students still have to live, Mm -hmm. right? They still have to pay rent, even if they're living at home, they still have to have food right Mm -hmm. pay bills Um, pay bills yeah transportation how are they going to get around so there's additional costs but that's what the financial aid is for to assist them with those costs Um, our cost for enrollment is 46 dollars a unit which is very affordable compared to universities Um, but it's always good to have into consideration all the additional Mm -hmm. expenses students may have
0: if you're just joining us, uh, this is the Mendocino College Radio Hour on KZYX. My name is Julie McGovern. I'm the Executive Director of the Mendocino College Foundation, and my guests today are Juliana Sandoval, Director of Financial Aid and EOPS, and Mark Edward Osea, a Transfer Counselor and Articulation Officer. And we are talking today about affordability is our main sort of overarching topic. Um, but just for listeners who don't know Juliana, what
2: is EOPS? So in addition to financial aid, we do have additional support services for students. So um, EOPS is an additional support program that is state funded for students um, that are disadvantaged or have additional needs. Um, So in addition um, to any financial aid the student may be receiving through this program, they're also receiving additional counseling. So we have two counselors that are assigned to students that are part of the program. Um, So extensive counseling, um, they get priority registration. they're able to register for classes earlier than other students Um, we offer um, additional um, book voucher to help purchase their books um, or supplies Um, we have a lending library so just a whole bunch of additional support services for students and do they self-identify or how, how is how do they get into that program so students can apply. We do have an application on our website. Um, we do look at the information they enter on their financial aid application to determine who makes qualify. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if a student hasn't applied, they can always just submit an application. We'll look at the criteria, see if they meet that criteria, and they can start receiving our services. So I want to just go back really quick because we're talking about you know the the FAFSA, which
0: is what everybody mm-hmm. thinks of, which well, it's an acronym that stands for financial aid something. Free <laughs> application for federal student aid. Okay, there you go. Yes, but you. I also want to make the point that um, you discussed earlier which is the dream act application so if a if a student or a or a a person in the community is interested in attending mendocino college but they don't have state residency um or they're undocumented can, can anybody in that that falls in that category apply for the dream act
2: yes so students that are undocumented um either they don't have a social or have a social through daca can apply for the california dream act application Um, they would also have to submit their admission application and through the admission process um, be classified as AB 540 to receive in-state tuition Okay. because at that point they're not considered California residents. Because
0: that's a big difference. Yes.
2: You're talking like six thousand dollars a year versus sixteen hundred. Right. Paying in-state tuition being a California resident or AB 540 versus being considered out-of-state or foreign country student. Mm -hmm. Yes. And
0: there's a whole resource center at Mendocino College to help Dreamer
2: students? Yes, we do have a a Dreamer Center available, um, an additional counselor to help students that are Dreamers navigate the process. Um, I believe they also have like immigration services available for students that have questions, Um, so lots of resources available.
0: And bilingual um, counselors, if for any um, people, parents or students or anyone who's interested who speaks Spanish, they...
2: Yes. So we do have uh, the the Dream Act. The Dream Center counselor is bilingual. In EOPs, we also have a bilingual counselor, and we do have bilingual staff in the financial aid office to assist with the process. Okay.
0: So, Mark, as a transfer counselor, you're working closely with students who've decided to pursue a four-year degree after getting their associates at Mendocino College. Can you talk about the cost savings in doing two years at community college first, like the price tag differential between if you start at Mendo and do two years and then transfer for your second two years versus doing all
1: four years that is a great point and that is actually a great uh, question, uh, especially with regards to what Miss Sandoval was talking about with regards to the affordability, with regards to grants, Cal grants, and uh, aid that students could potentially get. And in fact, uh, Mendocino College participates in the Community College, uh, California Community College Promise Grant where a student could potentially earn their first two years if for apps for almost nothing for s- almost for free in essence if they qualify in particular because uh, it waives the $46 dollars a unit and at the same time because as we talked about the first two years the community college is essentially the first two years of the of a student's baccalaureate four-year degree in essence a student could uh, essentially graduate, with just uh, paying two years at the university, Mm -hmm. um, especially if they qualify for the uh, California Community College Promise Grant. Um, At the same time, as mentioned, our courses are of university level. That's the role of the articulation officer. We want to make sure that the courses we create and develop, that our faculty create and develop, uh, meet those requirements. And then that way, students will not have to retake courses, or mm-hmm. students will not have to spend more time at the university. Uh, for example, if you were to do compare prices, like at $46 a unit, if students were at 12, let's say 12 units, uh, students could potentially complete like uh, their first year at $1,300. Uh, for one year. So that's like 2600 if we were to do a quick uh, round um, for two years. Mm-hmm. Versus at the universities where the cost of tuition is per semester and like for example I think at Sonoma it's roughly around $4,000 a semester. So in this case one year would easily come out to be at least 8000 Not including cost of living, not including um, other books, expenses like that. So Mm -hmm. a student could expect to pay at least, maybe, and this is again a rough estimate, $16,000 for two years, where they could do two years with us for a little under $3,000 not including uh, including textbooks, and at the same time being able to take courses closer to home um, at a relatively more affordable cost. And still get the same type of quality. Right, that um, was going to be my next
0: question about, you know, are the outcomes the same? Meaning if somebody did two years at Mendo and then went on to two years at Sonoma State or UC Berkeley or somewhere else, are they going to be just as prepared and end up with the same education and you know career preparedness as they would if they did all four years at one of those. Students.
1: In a way, I think sometimes even perhaps a little better because versus mm-hmm. in the four-year university, mm-hmm. where a lower division uh, a lower division survey course where a student is just one student in a, in a lecture hall of about 300, mm-hmm. here at Mendocino College, you have you could potentially have. you're a student in a class of at least maybe 35 or maybe slightly less and so you have more of that connection with your professor Mm -hmm. and since a lot of student success is making is for students to feel connected to their campus Mm -hmm. to feel connected to their professors um and so i think it's a little maybe a little even better than being just that one student and a Mm -hmm in a sea of other students that you might encounter for your university. And at the same time, when we develop our courses and resubmit it for university review, the faculty at the university will take a look to see whether the courses and the outcomes are going to be the same. And that's how they determine whether they want to quote unquote articulate mm-hmm. our courses. And if they do articulate our courses, then that means that it is of comparable rigor or comparable outcome that can be expected um, once the student transfers over. And so students will not necessarily have to repeat that course. So again, the outcomes I think are the same. And again, a four-year university education at which your first two years may be uh, relatively minimal, it it's a nice deal.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, also I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about how many um, people might Start taking classes and then be like, I don't want to do this. I think I want to do something else. So it's a much less risky proposition if you're at the community college, because maybe that first semester of the classes you took, you decide, you know what? I don't want to do business. I want to do theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you kind of like would think, well, I just wasted that. I mean, I wouldn't think of it that way because education is education and you could still have business skills that would be helpful no matter what you do. But, um, but you, but you understand what I'm saying.
1: Yes, it's a nice way to also explore, again with, as you mentioned, for minimal cost. It's a nice way to, if you're not exactly sure what your major is, or it's a nice way to get that exploration and begin that exploration for minimal cost. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I'll also say is, yes, I do see students who have decided that they want to pursue the transfer path, but sometimes uh, a portion of transfer is also knowing what the possibilities are. So some of the students that I've actually had the opportunity to meet are those students who weren't necessarily sure if transfer was a possibility because... um, some they may be taking a program that is like in construction or something that might not necessarily you would expect to find at a traditional, quote unquote, traditional four year university, but uh, just seeing what the options are. And so, I do also meet with students to explore can we actually pursue a baccalaureate degree in this field? Little some little do people know is that for example cal state chico has a construction management program same thing with like cal state east bay so just because or cal state fresno has like an industrial technology program mm-hmm. um and so just seeing based on what certificate program your a student is taking here or uh, a a local associates degree program we might actually be able to find a way if a student really wants to pursue that four-year university degree, we might be able to find a way to make that happen.
0: So that's why it's really important for you or the transfer counselor, or articulation officer um, role, to know what the options are, you know, to be connected to those partners, the other the other schools. You had mentioned something about um, a new, a recent partnership with MASU, yes. Arizona State University, and I thought it was interesting that you were highlighting that you were particularly pursuing that partnership because it would allow students to do their next two years after they've completed their associates at Mendocino College to get their four-year degree but can do it online meaning they wouldn't have to leave this community if they had you know family here or or were working or you know for other reasons you know just didn't want to move uh, had children in school whatever the scenario that they could that they could do that so you're kind of thinking really broadly about how you can meet different students needs and expectations
1: even if that might be a a wide variety of choices. Exactly and that's one of the things that uh, once I started working at Mendocino and once I had the opportunity to actually explore and learn about the community and the district, the Mendocino Lake Community College District, one of the things that became evident and again I guess I would say that this is a challenge but also a benefit of this of why I love doing what I do is that um, I actually get to see the communities and in a way uh, experience what our students could potentially experience if they wanted to pursue the four-year university. I live on the coast and so one of the things that I like I encountered I envisioned is like it takes me two hours just to get to STS. And so I'm trying to imagine if I was a student and I wanted to go to a four-year university and the closest state university would be Sonoma, that would take me about two hours just to get to Roanoke Park because it takes me like two hours to get to STS. So imagine having to drive a little further to Roanoke Park. It's like, wow. Mm -hmm. And then to I drove up to Humboldt to Arcata just to visit that area um, at one point and it took three hours from where I live. And I'm thinking, our students might not necessarily be able to make that trek or to make that commute or be able to uproot their their household to be able to pursue that university education. So that's one of the things that I wanted when I took, when I uh, developed in this role, is or evolved in this role is I wanted to try to find and build partnerships, especially with uh, those institutions that have strong online programs, especially in something like a psychology, business, social work, which is some of our more popular majors at Mendocino College, and try to find ways to get students that if they can't exactly leave, our community for one reason or another, at least they have that opportunity to pursue that four-year baccalaureate degree. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the things, is I like to try to find ways and forge partnerships, just like as you mentioned, Ms. McGovern, with regards to um, the Arizona State University partnership, they have a strong online program. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why we engaged in this partnership, Mendocino College engaged in this partnership. There are also a lot of ASU grads on campus too, so it's also... It also helps to know that that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, or they, call, they are the sun devils. I usually like to refer to universities by their mascots. <laughs> so the sun devils um, and whatnot. But yeah,
0: no. So uh, just to remind you, if you're just t- tuning in, um, this is the Mendocino College Radio Hour, where we talk about things related to Mendocino College and how we're here for the community. My name is Julie McGovern. I'm the Executive Director of the Mendocino College Foundation. And our topic today is the affordability of community college. And so my guests are Juliana Sandoval, Director of Financial Aid and EOPS at Mendocino College, and Mark Edward Osea, Transfer Counselor and Articulation Officer. I keep wanting to call you Chief Articulation <laughs> Officer. like <laughs> Just like add that in there. you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know if your other articulation off. Are you the only one, or are there more?
1: There's there's actually articulation officers. So I'm actually part of a professional organization called the California Intersegmental Articulation Council. Um, Say that five times fast. <laughs> <laughs> we we shorten it to NCAC or SCAC, so Northern California or Southern CAC. Um, so I'm part of the Northern, and no, so. Uh, the majority of community colleges has an articulation officer to do that work of building partnerships with four-year universities. Um, the CSUs and UCs also have the articulation officers as well, as well as private institutions or at least the AICCUs, the Association of Independent California Colleges and <laughs> Universities.
2: There's so many acronyms. But he's
1: the only one at Mendocino College, right? I'm the only one at
2: Mendocino so College. So if you want to add CHIEF to <laughs> title, I think that would be acceptable.
0: <laughs> I'm going to get a call from HR later like, oh, he's going to ask for a raise. (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so as you know in your roles you know dealing your you you know called student facing right so you guys have a lot of interactions with students potential students existing students um what kinds of questions or concerns are you hearing from students most frequently like what's on like what's on their minds if it I mean obviously you're in your own kind of
2: world but. right so coming from financial aid right it's always when am I gonna get my financial aid I need to buy my books mm-hmm. I need to, my instructor said I need this and this right so um, for us it, it's that just making sure so after the student applies for financial aid a lot of times there's still additional documents that may be needed so there's you know a process we have to take so it doesn't happen automatically as much as we would want it to there is federal regulations we have to follow Um Sometimes we need to verify the income that's included in the application. Um, So there's always... Um, follow-up. Mm-hmm. There's maybe be additional documents, so um, but once we receive the student application, the first thing we determine is to see if the student qualifies for the Community College Promise Grant, like Mark mentioned. That is what was previously known as the Board of Governors Fee Waiver that waives the $46 a, for a unit okay. for students. So that automatically happens. That's the very first step. But for the additional grants, um, for example, the Pell Grant, we might need additional documentation. So um, it's It takes sometimes a little while, um, especially with follow-up and getting Mm -hmm. students to submit the required documentations um, for us to determine what additional grants they may qualify for. Mm -hmm. So if a student applies for financial aid and they do not qualify for the Community College Promise Grant, um, community colleges also may have um, um, a Promise Program. So um, through Assembly Bill 19, all community colleges receive additional state funding to create a promise program for their campus. So Mendocino College has the Mendocino College promise program for those students that have applied for financial aid do not qualify for the fee waiver or any grants. As long as you're enrolled full time, they qualify for free tuition for two years.
0: And was that, am I incorrect in thinking that at some point I heard that that was only if you went straight from like
2: high school to college or? It- o- originally, yes. Okay. So originally it was for first time, full time students as of this last July 1st. That has been expanded to any student so they don't have to be first time college students coming straight out of high school. So any student that doesn't have a degree or certificate already completed um, may qualify for it. The only thing would be that they um, would have to be enrolled full-time. Okay. So that's the one requirement that we're looking at. Um, They do have to be California residents or AB 540 since these are state funds. Um, And they have to apply for financial aid first because that's the first step. First, they may qualify for the for the Community College Promise grant, which will waive their tuition, but if they don't qualify for that because their parents make too much money, don't qualify for their grants, don't qualify, um, then that's when the Mendocino College Promise come into play.
0: Okay. That's good news that it's expanded because I... I I understood the the kind of reasoning behind that, yes. trying to encourage like just stick, you know, just go straight into the pipeline. But that's not reality for a lot of people, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So it seems like they were the be, be, Oh, you're punished for you know for not having your act together or, whatever, or having things that yeah. happen in your life for
2: returning students. So yeah, for students that because um, we do get a lot of students that are returning that are have working families, so their income may not let them qualify for the fee waiver. Um, but now we have the Mendocino College Promise Program. That's great.
0: And Mark, what are you hearing from
1: students? What are, your, what are the main things on their minds? It's definitely trying to find how they can actually make a four-year university happen, how mm-hmm. to actually make that work. Primarily, if you take a look at uh, living on the coast, and primarily like from the being coastal, it's students who might not necessarily have uh, the ability to commute. Um, students who might not necessarily have the ability to leave the community. Um, and so it's trying to find a lot of online options at a relatively cheap cost because a lot of online opportunities, um especially through uh, through the uh, private or out of state and in- private or out- of state institutions, it is not exactly cheap mm-hmm. per se. Um, and so it's trying to find like, Does a CSU offer this online program online, Um, especially in some of the fields, especially in like the popular fields of like psychology or business? Um, It's because the CSUs, if a student is able to go to a CSU to do an online program, they qualify for state grants as well, state university grants, they they can use Pell Grant. Federal aid grant um, and whatnot. But for a private institution, usually those might not be available or to a student. And so trying to find a way to make that happen. Um, and also, um, if our courses, if the selection criteria for a specific university requires courses that we might not necessarily offer um, because we can't necessarily offer the entire curriculum um, that might be expected for a specific major, it's where can we find that course so then that way a student is still competitive for admission to that university mm-hmm. that they want to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, because. A lot of CSUs and a lot of UCs are impacted, and so it's a matter of to be more competitive. Students might need to meet collect, might need to take specific sets of courses um, that is expected before transfer, and it has to be articulated. And so we might not offer some courses in engineering that a student might need if they wanted to pursue the electrical engineering major or at UC Davis, for example, or whichever UC or they might want to go to. So it's trying to find a way to make that happen and still have a student be competitive for that major that they want to pursue. Mm -hmm. Um, And trying to see if there is an online option to take that course to be competitive. So that is some of the concerns that I've seen, especially because I came from a large college, Bakersfield, and a lot of our courses were articulated, but we also had a large enough student population that we had a whole breadth of courses. Mm-hmm. Now coming to a smaller campus and seeing that we might not necessarily offer some of those courses, so then how do we uh, make uh, transferring happen with that?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and. Do you think there's a – like, you created that lookbook, which I thought was so inspiring. It was – a Mark created this um, – it was all students from the spring 2022 semester who were then – who had completed their degrees at Mendocino College and were transferring on to various places and different pathways. Um, and I was struck by how many of them in their little story that they kind of told you – had did, no did not really think of themselves when they started at Mendo as would be going on to get a four-year degree. You know, maybe they were just planning on getting a certificate or they were just planning, you know, the, but somehow it coalesced and they got on this journey. And I just think that's super inspiring. Do you have any, like, stories to share about a particular student who um, went on to... To transfer, that you know, kind of almost surprise themselves. And
1: <laughs> One of the ones is like I remember this story. Um, I don't know if I can mention names. So, That's okay. Um, but she is a coastal student. Um, she uh, lives. She lives on the Mendocino uh, on the coast. Um, and when I first met with her, she was wanting to continue to take courses for our biology associate in science for transfer. Um, when she. When, if she decided to continue to pursue that and finish that, she would have stayed with us about a year and a half longer, even though she already had units completed from other institutions. She had more than enough units to transfer, um, she had more than enough units to uh, eventually pursue and move uh, to a four year university. Her ultimate goal was to pursue a graduate degree um, in neuroscience. Um, and so, but she, she, there was something about that field that she was extremely inspired and uh, fascinated by and she wanted to do that neuroscience research and for a stem major usually that's going and pursuing a doctoral degree a phd and so for her to be able to pursue that it's you would need to you know eventually get that bachelor so she didn't think she would have enough she didn't think she would she thought she needed to complete the biology associate's degree for transfer before going uh, to sonoma state Um, and so we looked at that and saw that she could actually transfer like by the end of last year Um, and we could still earn her an associate's degree Um, and so she decided to go ahead and do that because one of the things that i Sometimes tell students is we now need to also take a look at your financial aid, especially if you're on financial aid and you have, you know, and you have, if you have transcripts from, she had transcripts from like I think other community colleges, Um, and so if if she already had this many units, she she might maximize and not qualify for as much financial aid once she gets to the university, Mm. and so that so you kind of also want to save some Mm -hmm. of that financial aid, especially if you've been using financial aid, to make sure that you have enough to cover the cost of attendance and not suddenly run out of Pell Grant, Cal Grants, Mm -hmm. or State University Grants. And so for her, that was a better option. So then that way, in this STEM intensive field, it was, you can start to continue to pursue and still make that university education affordable Mm -hmm. versus if you use up all of your financial aid with us, you might not have enough to Mm -hmm. cover two years Mm -hmm. once you get to the university.
0: So that's why you guys, with all your experience and education, are really strategic with students. about Yes, and
2: we have to be because there is a limit to financial aid. mm -hmm. So um, for the Pell Grant specifically, it's up to six full-time years. So every time you receive a Pell Grant, that's counting against that. Even if you're not enrolled full time, I mean, it's prorated, but it's counting against that. So if students are changing their programs or are undecided and continue to get financial aid during that process, it could get to a point that they've received the maximum Mm -hmm. at a community college, which shouldn't be happening, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why we're so grateful that Mark is here, because he can help students um, get to that point where we're like, okay, you're closed, we need to get you to transfer. Not that we want to get rid of our students, Right. right? But that's the goal. The goal to have them complete their degree with us, um, and then move on. To well, their time next step. is money, right? Yes, so definitely. I mean, if we're
0: talking about affordability, you don't have time to waste because every semester that you're that you're doing is is, is adding up. You Correct. Know? And like you said, add, mm-hmm. counting against the financial aid that you could potentially get. Um, I'm going to reintroduce my guests, Juliana Sandoval, Director of Financial Aid at Mendocino yes. College, and Mark Edward Osea, Transfer Counselor and Chief Articulation Officer. <laughs> just Thank you for there. that, Addie. <laughs> thank you for that. (laughs) You're you're now official. Um, (laughs) And we are talking, this is the Mendocino College Radio Hour. I am your host, Julie McGovern, and we are talking about the affordability of community college today. Um, So if you're listening and you have a question for Juliana or Mark and you want to call in, the number to call is 707- 895- 2448. Again, that's 707-895- 2448. And Juliana and Mark are here to answer all questions about financial aid and grants and extended opportunities and transfer. So we're going to continue talking, but if you call, we'll stop and answer your call. So 707-895-2448. So what inspires you about the students that you work with at Mendocino College? What kind of keeps you going on those mornings when, like today, when it's raining and Halloween was last night and you're like, oh, I don't want to go to work.
1: (laughs) So actually, fun fact is, after this, I'm actually going to our North County Center. Um, so I usually host hours at each of our centers um, and so uh, every week. Um, and so I'm actually hosting a CSU application workshop today at 1230. And so what inspires me is seeing our students who register for these workshops and are completing their application. And hopefully we submit, and they want to participate in next year's Lookbook, and I oh, think yay. next Year's lookbook is going to be uh, epic. It's in black and white, so it's it Ooh. has a little bit of gravitas for the fiftieth year Dramatic. anniversary of the college. Yeah, so it I think. <laughs> I'm excited to showcase those students who want to participate. So that inspires me to see our next batch of potential transfers. This.
0: So, do you do those workshops at all three of the centers—the Coast Center in Fort Bragg, the North County Center
1: in Willits, and the Lakeport Center in—Yes. Or the Lake Center in Lakeport. So, I'd I'd like to think that. so we've always had transfer services before I came to Mendocino College. Um, it's just with my, with the with this position, it's more coordinated. But all of our counselors have been providing services, transfer services. Um, so now this is just being more strategic and coordinating um, with how the services are provided uh, district wide. And so one of the things that uh, when I got here is I knew that not all students can come to Ukiah, and so I mobilized the Transfer Center. So we have a presence on uh, main campus on Mondays, Tuesdays at the North County Willits Center, Wednesdays I'm in Lakeport, I'm in Lake County, and then Thursdays I'm at the Coast, and in fact our CSU workshops, um, my very first one was at our Lake County Center on October 12th. Um, Today is in North County. and then uh, tomorrow, uh, next Thursday is uh, next Thursday is at the Coast Center. Um, so for our CSU and application workshops, I do make them hybrid and in person. No, that doesn't make sense. Hybrid and in person is there is a hybrid component, <laughs> there is an in person component to that, so it's available both online and in person. Um, in person for those students who want to come to the centers, um, online for those who can't on that day. Um, so yeah, I do provide the CSU workshops uh, and RUC workshops both online and in person. Um, the CSU workshops I have provided uh, at all the centers. So Juliana said
0: before that those the kind of workshops that financial aid does and then the things that you're talking about um well i don't know if you're doing these with high school students but that you when i asked Mm -hmm. you before how would people would know about it you said they know through their high school counselors but what about for students who aren't in high school who want to potentially find out is there a place to go to find out when these workshops are happening
1: so these uh i do send it out to our student listserv um because these are the students who are ready to transfer who are like at least uh 30 units in, 30 CSU transferable units, or 30 UC transferable units. So uh, I do send out messages to our students. I send it out to our faculty to promote to their students. um, And I post it out at the centers too. So yeah, that's how our students would find out. And I do send out emails, uh, I'd like to say quite regularly. (laughs) I I do have like a transfer student listserv. One of the things that I started doing is based on those students who are at least Uh, at least 30 transferable units, then those are the students that I send out that information to. Um, So you reach out to
0: them before, they don't necessarily come to you
1: (coughs) always. You're saying, hey, have you thought about this? Exactly. Because again, a lot of it is outreaching or in reaching to our students um, to make them aware that these services are available. Um, oftentimes, that's what students don't, students don't know that these are happening, mm-hmm. um, and so just to make it a, make them aware that mm-hmm. it is a possibility, and let's go mm-hmm. ahead and explore <laughs> that possibility. Mm-hmm.
0: And if you're listening and you have any questions for the Director of Financial Aid at Mendocino College, Juliana Sandoval, or the Transfer Counselor, Mm -hmm. Mark Edward Osea, you can call 707-895-2448 and we can take your question. Um, Are there any changes on the horizon that you are aware of in the state or federally in terms of what could be affecting... (laughs) Financial aid, DREAMers, you know, community colleges, four-year colleges. Oh, yes. In financial
2: aid. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. So in, in financial aid. The only constant is change. <laughs> Things are always changing, whether it's state or federal regulations, there's always something new, something we have to keep up with, something additional. So right now it's actually um, what we are, what they're calling FAFSA simplification. So um, FAFSA simplification is coming and it actually has already started. So there's a lot of changes coming to the FAFSA. Um, so starting, it started last year. Um, they removed the selective service requirement for students. So students that were male over the age of 18 were required to register with Selective Service. And they had to do that um, before receiving any federal financial aid. Now that's not a requirement. So that has been removed. Um, The FAFSA itself is going through a major Change currently there's 108 questions on the FAFSA. Um, That for next next year's FAFSA, which would be the 2024-2025 application, that's going to be going down to 36. Oh wow! Yes, that's good news. Good news, yes, of, cu- of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, if I had to fill it out and there was
2: 108 questions, I'd be like, oh man, it's going to take a while. 36 is much more Yes, than and people. of course there's skip logic in there depending on the student situation, parent situation, um, but they're making it a lot easier for um, information from Texas to be included on the FAFSA. Mm-hmm. Currently they have to use IRS data retrieval if you want to retrieve that information. So um, there's a lot of changes coming. Um, so we're working through those. We're, we're learning about the process. We're mm-hmm. um, that way we can, you know, teach our students and be ready and prepared for when that actually happens for mm-hmm. the upcoming upcoming school year. Mm-hmm. Go
1: ahead, Mark. Yes. So, and <laughs> when it comes to the community <laughs> colleges with regards to transfer coursework, um, there were two legislations that came out that was approved. Um, one of it is AB nine twenty eight, which is a singular general education pattern. Uh, or the Cal-GETC, um, The California General Education Transfer Curriculum, so that's uh, if approved by all three academic senates of the California Community Colleges, uh, CSUs and UCs, um, then that will be coming into effect fall 2025. Um, and then the other one is AB 1111, which is Common Course Numbering, so there will be uh, Common Course Numbering coming to the Community College System also. So that's uh, the the timeline is right now at fall twenty twenty four. So more information on that will be ho- will be coming soon. Okay. Since
0: so, f- common numbering you mean? So all courses would have the same numbers no matter where. So that no, makes sense.
1: I was like, does. why haven't they
0: done that before? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so we have a few minutes left. If there's anyone who wants to call seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight and ask a question of our um, extraordinary guests today, Juliana Sandoval, Director of Financial Aid at Mendocino College, and Mark Edward Osea, the Transfer Counselor. Um, I also wanted to talk about some free events that are open to all in the community that are happening at our Ukiah campus um, this week and next. Uh, the Dia de los Muertos celebration is happening Wednesday, November 2nd, at the Lowry Student Center from 4 to 8 p.m., And there's going to be food, music, altars, ballet folklorico, um, and it's free, and it should be a lot of fun. I know there's been um, students and staff working on um, altars, and those will be on display, and of course, free food, so who doesn't like that? (laughs) Um, Then we also have the Native American Heritage Celebration on Friday, November 4th, and that's being held in Pomo Plaza at the Ukiah campus of Mendocino College. That's from 3 to 7 p.m. And dinner is at 5 p.m. There will be traditional dance and song. There will be native vendors and a raffle. And then the following week, on um, Thursday, November 10th, from 1130 to 2, there's a Veterans Day barbecue and resource fair. That's going to be held at Lowry Student Center and Pomo Plaza at the Ukiah Campus. Um, Savings Bank will be doing a barbecue tri-tip and garlic bread and salad. Drinks and dessert will be provided, all free of charge. The resource fair will feature a variety of agencies that support veterans and their families, such as EDD, Mendocino County Veterans Services, and Wreaths Across America. And the Veteran Resource Center, which is located in room 1240 of Macmillan Hall in Ukiah, will be open throughout the day on November 10th. So any veterans out there um, or family members of veterans who are wanting to explore attending Mendocino College or Community College, that's um, November 10th from 1130 to 2. And do you guys have anything that you want to um, talk about that I haven't addressed today? Either anything happening at the college or anything happening in your particular
2: departments? No, the only thing I want to I guess um, end with is just reminding everybody to apply for financial aid. So the new application for the 2324 app application school year is um, available now um, the it's not too late for students that are current students to apply for financial aid now or if they're going to be students in the spring um, so they can apply for the 2022 2023 um, application for the FAFSA or the Dream Act application now um, even if they're current students and haven't applied for financial aid yet okay so that's still available that's good to know. And then they have until March, is that right? So for the new application, the twenty three twenty four March 2nd is a priority deadline for students coming in from high school. If we have continuing community college students, they actually have until September. So they have a little bit more time to okay. renew their application at that point.
0: Okay. And how, if anybody wants to get in touch with you guys, how do they do
2: that? Yeah. So we are available in the Ukiah campus in McMillan Hall. Um, we are available by phone um, as well, 707-468-3110. Um, we are also available by email, financial-aid at mendocino.edu. Um, and we're actually also available via Cranium Cafe, which is an online chatting system um, that is available through our website. So um, if students don't want to really call us or email us, they can kind of chat with us through that. And that would just be mendocino.edu? Um Mendocino.edu for slash financial dash aid. Okay.
1: Mm -hmm. And for the Transfer Center, if they wanted to schedule an appointment, they can call our main Counseling Center line at 707-468-3048, or they can email me directly at MOSEA at Mendocino.edu.
0: Excellent. Well, we have a couple minutes left. Um, I just want to remind everyone this has been the Mendocino College Radio Hour. I am your host, Julie McGovern, the executive director of the Mendocino College Foundation. And my guests today have been Juliana Sandoval, director of financial aid, and Mark Edward Osea. Transfer Counselor and Articulation Officer. I forgot to say Chief. <laughs> chief Articulation Officer. And you guys have been wonderful. I feel like I've learned a lot from listening to you. I hope that everyone listening out there has also learned a lot and take advantage of calling these nice folks and everybody in their departments. Is Their job is to help you if you are interested in attending Mendocino College or if you have questions about what your options are, what you might qualify for. If you just don't even know where to begin... Call Juliana. <laughs> yes, call me. We're there to assist you. <laughs> and she, they're both just really nice, good people, and they're here to help. So I thank you both very much for being here today.
1: It's been an honor. Thank, thank you. you so much.
0: welcome. My guests, I've also already said that, and I want to also say that you've been listening to KZYX Philo, 90.7 <laughs> FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM community radio. Support your local community radio. We love KZYX and we thank them for giving us this opportunity to discuss things about Mendocino College and we hope that it's informative for you listeners. Our next show... Um, in December, we're the first Tuesday of every month, we have this KZYX radio hour, I mean Mendocino College radio hour <laughs> on KZYX, and we're going to be talking scholarships. So our scho- that's the, one of the chief things that the foundation does to help students is um, through scholarships. We have 160 different scholarships. We give out over $200,000 a year to students, and we want to make that available to everyone. So uh, if you're a current student or if you're a high school student thinking of attending Mendocino, it's the same thing as financial aid. You should just apply. and. And if you change your plans and you don't need the scholarship, then we'll reassign it to someone else. But we encourage everybody to so tune into that and in, um, December sixth. And thank you everybody for listening. Have a great day.